It may sound a little silly. I'm a Hebrew hillbilly from the Mississippi Delta in Memphis, Tennessee. And that's for you, Mr. Costa Billy. Oh, you nailed that. Yes, hello. Welcome back to The Pop-Up with Paul and Friends. Guys, you're my friends because you're here listening. You're watching, subscribing. Whatever you're doing to get to this show, I'm so grateful. Want to know why? I love people. I love talking to people. And when I meet people in the world, there's always that weird filter in my head where I go, that'd be a good guest. I like that person. And this person specifically, the second I met her, not only I knew she was going to be a good guest, I knew she was a unique flower, I think is the way I would describe her. I, A performer, a singer, a songwriter, all the things, but... The title of who she is is by far the most unique title I think I've ever met in show business. Ladies and <laughs> gentlemen, put your hands together for the Hebrew hillbilly, Shelly Fisher. Thank you. Well, it may sound a little silly. I'm a Hebrew hillbilly from the Mississippi Delta in Memphis, Tennessee. And that's for you, Mr. Costa Billy. Oh, you nailed that. Thank you sound you. great. Thank you so much. I, I mean it when I say when I first was introduced to you at an, we were at an event and you just stick out. You're so uniquely you. Thank you. How did this all happen? Were you, were you called the Hebrew hillbilly growing up? And then you said, that's going to be my thing. That is a great question because, uh, Paul, I was born and raised in the Mississippi Delta in Memphis, Tennessee, the home of the blues, birthplace of rock and roll and the place where Elvis called home. Although he did live in in Graceland, uh, I knew Elvis because Elvis put our city on the map. When I was going to school in first grade, my first grade teacher, Nasty Miss Asty, actually <laughs> called me a Hebrew hillbilly. Whoa. And that was the beginning of the end for me. <laughs> actually, I'm going to make sure to keep, stay right there. As a woman, I just don't want to look too fat. You look but, great. Well, because, you know, what it is is I've been thinking about going to Washington to get a presidential pardon for my turkey neck from Biden, but I'm afraid he's going to croak before I get my chance. <laughs> well, a lot of turkeys are going to croak uh, this month too, sadly. <laughs> You're right. So, so I like what I like about your title because I think I think about this as a comedian too. When we when we're on stage, we poke fun at ourselves and we kind of embrace what things people would think of us. So you took something that was a slur, really, if we're being honest, back in the South. Correct. And you made it. You made it your show name. You made it how you brand yourself, that must be rewarding now looking back. Well, it is very rewarding. Obviously, I'm concerned about the tone of the times. Mm. Actually, I had several other titles, but it turned out that my producer was a gal from Jamaica. And she said, have you thought about any titles? And I thought, well, blah, 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 Shelvis and Elvis, blah, 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 blah. The one I liked the best was, I'm still hot. It comes in flashes now. And then I said, <laughs> The Hebrew hillbilly. And she said, well, that's it. You just nailed it. And that's the name of your show. So that's what I've been performing this show for quite a few years under the very same name, The Hebrew Hillbilly. And obviously, I hope people like it because it's my journey, but it's not that different in a certain way. Everybody has a journey. Right. And this is mine. That's amazing. So tell me about the show. I know you've been doing it for many years. Uh Tell me about the, the track list. You write all your own songs, right? I actually do. Thank you. for These are great questions. I wrote 19 original songs for the Hebrew Hillbilly. And, of course, 
I love them all because I wrote them and they have very significant aspects of my life that they are about. And uh, I've sold quite a few copies on Spotify and I'm proud of that. And uh, what else you want to know? I want to know how your family ended up in Memphis because I'm from New York, New York, New Jersey. That's Which, a more common place. I feel like if you're coming from another country back in the day to immigrate to. So how did your family end that's up in the a great, South? You ask great questions. Really? I'm just interested. I'm not, I'm not really prepared. I'm just interested. Well, in that's you. okay. <laughs> well, how it happened is my father, his name was Max. He and his mother escaped from Russia. They actually slept in foxholes and had to give away almost all their rubles to the guards to not kill them. Mm. Somehow they got to the boat in the worst possible class, and they made it across the ocean to New York City. Mm. And when they got to New York City, the Statue of Liberty said, Hey, Jew boy, go down south <laughs> where those nice southern people going to welcome you with a real big shalom, y'all. And uh, our family been down there ever since. Whoa. For real. Um, that is wild. It's so interesting to me thinking of how families kind of plant roots in America like that. That's true. That's true. People did come over. What, what what era is your father? Are we talking years wise? And I'm not, I don't want to know your age. I want to know your dad's you age. Do, you do want to know my age. And, <laughs> you know, but that, now that you mentioned my age, that's fine because I, I don't say my age out loud Good. because it will always be a lie. But <laughs> I invite you to ask me, say, Shelly, what's your sign? Well, yeah, what is your sign? Oh, thank you for asking me. <laughs> Paul, my sign is somewhere between stop and dollar. If the dollar's big, I'm going to stop. That's it. <laughs> you know what's funny about you? You said you did stand-up once. You you are a comedian as much as you are a musician. You, you're great. Well, I really I, I love you anyway, but here's the thing. I have some funny aspects to my scenario. However, I have not really perfected the craft of stand-up. Mm. And a lot of people say to me, Shelly, you should certainly do stand-up. And I say, well, thank you, because at this stage of the game, I sure ain't making it laying down. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like your two moms are Joan Rivers and Dolly Parton. Like, that's your mother's. That is, that's perfect. Right? Yeah. That's like literally who, like your essence. And that, that's that a compliment. That is perfect. That's a compliment to me. I, I to appreciate you, that. And I, I would say they are both people that I do admire. Yeah. And... uh that's what I can say. You I remind me because you got the funny, the funny phrases you say, but then you got the twang and the beautiful songs. Well, thank like you, Dolly. You ever met Dolly Parton? I did one time. Yeah, and uh, actually, we have a, quite a resemblance in common, and I appreciate that because I was never into country. I'm just being honest with you and your viewers because I'm from the home of the blues, right. birthplace of rock and roll. I grew up on Muddy Waters, Robert Johnson, Albert, and B.B. King. Nice. And I have to tell you, after you were born on the blues, everything else sounds pretty scrawny. Yeah. So uh, I never cared for country music. There was a huge rivalry between Memphis and Nashville. Right. Memphis at the time was the music capital of the United States of America. Uh, and some of that has changed. <laughs> like, we're the United States or something. Mm -hmm. And uh, I always admired Dolly Parton. And people always say, you look like Dolly Parton. Well, I'm just flattered. Yeah. 
I like what you're saying about the blues, though. You know, the blues are the I, I come from music as well. I'm a drummer. I do this stuff, too, but I've started music. So I study the history and I know that blues is the kind of backbone of all pop music. So everything. Everything. It's so much better than country. I mean, you're being nice. I never liked country. I've interviewed country stars. No offense. Country's in like, like the easy, easy music. It's kind of like the cheaper. They nice. They're fine. They're nice people. But blues, I get what you're saying about the blues. The blues is the root of all pop. What's the You're right. What's the one blues song? I like asking this question to musicians that you could listen to forever and it would never get old. Well, I love to sing. Thank you. You ask great questions. <laughs> like I look every day. Every day I have the blues. Every day, y'all. Every day I have the blues. Well, it's you. Pretty baby, it's you I hate to lose. I'll say it again. That's what it is. I, I always love to sing Every Day I Have the Blues because when I was really little, which was a while back, I used to have the opportunity to go up and down Beale Street, the actual home of the blues. Mm -hmm. And at that point, many blues bands set up on the street. So I would be having a ball bopping back and forth to the blues. And these guys were always very friendly. Darling, you want to sing one? And every day I had the blues was easy to sing. Mm. So I, I learned to sing it and I, I love it. I also really like the song, You Been Stepping Out. Now someone else is stepping in and I'm going to get you for that. Ah. I added that part, but by ZZ Hill. or Okay. I love that. Who's the first one by? Who's that? Just like old I think standard? Joe Williams, Joe Williams okay. actually had the biggest hit cool. on that. And, of course, uh, I love B.B. King, mm. although I really don't sing too many of his songs. Thrilling, Thrill is Gone could never be sung by anyone other than B.B. King. Mm. There's something about the blues. You could tell you're, you're, you're born into it, the way you sing, the way you, your soul sounds, I think. that's the, You can't fake that. You, 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 it's a, you're a product of being around it, right? Well, it's... It's everywhere. It's like when I was a little bitty girl, the blues came on the radio because, as you just mentioned so articulately, the blues, in my opinion, is the foundation of all American music. Mm -hmm. You cannot have no country music without the blues. You can't have rhythm and blues without the blues. You can't have rock and roll. And Elvis knew that without the blues. So it's my first music. It's indigenous to me. I think it's got the heart and soul of America. I love it. I like thinking about how pop music transformed like in the 60s too. You know, the Beatles were listening to the blues in the UK. They were listening to American blues artists, American rhythm and blues. And that inspired what ended up changing pop music with that group. Thank so it's you. Like, you are knowledgeable. They all came to Memphis. Yeah. Because, and you could, well, my favorite hotel in Memphis, Tennessee is called the Peabody and it's the South's grandest hotel. All the big stars stayed at the Peabody Hotel, so I got to go down there and watch the... We have ducks mm. who come from the roof, which they call the, the Peabody <laughs> Palace, and the ducks come down single file. There's five of them, and they walk on a red carpet into the fountain where they stay all day. So everybody in the Delta region comes mm. to the Peabody uh, lobby to see the ducks. I've always wanted to go there. You know, I've never been in Memphis. I always wanted to go. Well, I love to take you there because it's my hometown. Yeah. And I have a song that I open the show with called Rockin' in Memphis. And it's New York City Never Sleeps. But I need to hear that rebel beat. Everybody moving too fast. 
got to slow down and make it last. Muddy Mississippi calls my name because in my heart, Paul, I'm just a southern dame. <laughs> Only place for me, Memphis, Tennessee. Thank y'all. Wow. You're so amazing. I get chills listening to you. It's so sweet. I appreciate sweet. that. I really appreciate I, you saying I that. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Um, before Memphis was known for, I mean, Elvis made it famous, but it wasn't always known like, you know, nationally for being the, the blues place until Elvis, right? Was he the guy who, or would you argue it's other the people? The blues people would say W.C. Handy, who was actually, may I say, a great friend of my stepdaddy, who was the South's foremost orchestra leader. Oh, cool. so I was born into the music. I had cool. really no choice. Mm. My mother was a singer. And a songwriter and a comedian wow. in the day. So I have a bunch of DNA that says, get out there and wow the folks. Yeah. I do think that's kind of hereditary, though. It's not like, you know, genes or heart disease, but I do feel like it's hereditary. Like I've, I was born into music and show business as well. What'd your parents do? My dad's a musician. My mom is not so much, but my dad was in the arts. And I just find when you grow up or maybe when you grow up around it, too, and it's normal to do. You're like, I could do that, too. And you get a lot out of it, especially if your parents are doing it. Well, I, I knew I could sing or, or try to. Yeah. And I always could write songs. I wrote my first song that I can recall at age 12. Wow. And I thought it was not that bad, really, because, yeah. well, at this stage of my life, I'm trying to give myself compliments. Right. Because, you know, how we all say terrible things to ourselves. And I'm pretty outspoken, so I might say that to somebody else, but you try to temper your commentary to other people. Like, you suck. But how often we say to ourselves, you suck, mm. you this, you that. I try not to say that because it's negative. Yeah. The voices in our head uh, sometimes are the hardest to deal with. Oh, they're terrible. Yeah. I just I have to say that you did your best and that was the greatest you could do today. That was great. Yeah, especially when you're a performer. I, I find that as a comedian, because I'm newer to comedy, there's an insecurity sometimes where I'm like, oh, I don't know who I am. Should I say this thing? It's like writing songs. I don't know if this is right. Well, it's good. Will people like it? You don't and it's know. hard when you don't get instant validation or gratification. For us, it's laughs in the moment, right? But exactly. It's not always, it doesn't always track. It's a new world, social media. Does anybody care? Who You know, you go through this cycle in your head sometimes. When well, they really, don't care till you make them care. Yeah, and you also got to get out of your own head and just keep keep. Oh, oh, oh. It's like, I did see a great movie yesterday. I'm just going to give a real quick plug, uh, plug to John Batiste. And uh, he was talking about his moments when he felt the least self-conscious is in those moments of creative, pure consciousness. Mm. When you're jamming with an idea and you get put it on paper, you're not thinking about anything else. Yeah, It's an ecstatic, euphoric place of pure creativity. And I have allowed myself to veer off my course from time to time. And then you're like, this is lasting a million years. This is so boring. Mm. But you are fascinating, folks. Yeah. I like that idea of the euphoria because I think being on stage now for me is that like, you, know. you know, everything stops. You go it's same performing for you. I think if you're doing your show, people are enjoying. You're so there. We're so distracted now. by everything. You cannot be distracted. You're distracted. Your timing is gone. Yeah. And even in my show, I try to sometimes break the fourth wall and it, it actually it never works for me. Why? Because. I've distracted myself from my script. And uh, when you're doing a 90-minute presentation, 
You need to have the rhythm of your show. Yes. Because you created, I created those words so that they do have a rhythm. Yeah. And that I can move you, the viewer, the audience, to the next phase of my journey. Yeah. And if I'm like, uh, or like, well, what's my next? You're screwed. Yeah. And that does happen because sometimes people will come in late. And just last week, I said, oh, I'm so glad to see you. Blah, 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 blah. You just perked up the room. Well, then I could not remember what the, my next line ah. was. Because so, your brain has a map. Totally. Well, maybe you just need to give yourself wiggle room around the stuff that's not planned or give yourself a cheat sheet. Because I like the in the moment stuff. Yeah, I'm sure I, it's really great. I love it. But it's it, it can have a bad ending because I did it at the beginning of my show as well. I welcomed some people and I went, what's my next line in my mind? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say that publicly because right. it sounds like you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And I do know the show. Yes. There's a fine line with that working. It depends on the performer. I mean, Johnny Carson's a big idol of mine. And when you watch Johnny fail at a joke... You you see him recover, and what's funny is his his honesty about the failure. But Correct. he's a comedian and talk show host. It's a different was he's a, it's a different beast. But I try to play with that stuff. So I would maybe encourage you to not give up on Thank being you. yourself in the moment. Because Thank you. If you can have fun with it, if you can keep yourself on track, it's a, it's a skill I think, or it's like a it's a groove that maybe. You're conscious of Correct. because you don't want it to mess up, you know. But mentioning Johnny Carson, I had the opportunity to be on his show in the day. What? I did. When? I did. A long time ago. This is amazing. And uh, Here in L.A.? Here in L.A. Wow. At NBC. Yeah, I know exactly where Burbank I Burbank CA, Correct. Burbank Studios, yeah. And watching him recover, it, he's a work of art. Yeah. Because the way he rolls his eyes and kind of does that double take. Mm-hmm. He makes everybody feel comfortable. But Johnny Carson really wasn't all that comfortable as you think he was. I know. He was a nervous wreck before the show. Yeah. He practically destroyed pencils. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. pounded them on the desk. Yeah. But I'm thrilled I had the opportunity to meet him. Wow. Did you, I, did you perform? What did you do? I just talked. But I almost got, he was so taken with me at the time that I got, his producer called me. Actually, I went home to Memphis. His producer called me and said that Johnny Carson wanted me to be the new matinee lady. This wow. is a true story. Wow! If you you're too young for this, you're oh, like, I love all this. I know it. I know it all. I know all. You're this. my son. That's <laughs> that's good because I love good looking kids. I got a beautiful daughter. Yeah. Yes, I do. Oh, that's awesome. And she just became a mommy, and I know oh, you're a daddy. Congrats! I am a daddy. Uh, two girls. I got two girls. But I, I, I'm how curious, old are your girls? Uh, one and five. That is best. amazing. It's the best well, age ever. My girl's two months old. Wow, congrats, Grandma. What do you call yourself? Is it Grandma? Or is Grammy. it Hebrew Hillbilly Mom? Grammy. Grammy. Because I wrote a song recently called, I want to win a Grammy before I am a Grammy. I want to win a Grammy right now. There you go. It's time. I want to hold that statue. Say here's looking at you. want to take a proper bow. However, I became a Grammy. And that is the greatest prize of all. She's gorgeous. Aww. She was an at-home birth. Did you have an at-home birth? We're not uh, that hi we're not at the LA hippie level to at-home yet, but no, she's we were not a hippie. I'm but just kidding. I'm just kidding. She's a little bit off the beaten track. I don't know where she got that from, <laughs> but she had a 20-hour labor in wow. her home wow. with her divine husband. Hi, Jordan. 
that Good I'm really her. proud That's of. That's amazing. I mean, it's a beautiful thing, as you know, and uh, I'm happy for them. It's, it's a great, is it their first? Great new, new first step. Can I ask you what the difference was for you in receiving the first baby and the second baby? They're both girls? Yeah. Well, That's you know, childbirth great. is very tough on the guys. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I heard that. You know. uh, it's, it was both were uniquely beautiful, honestly. And I think, you know, once you do it once, you kind of, you, you're not as nervous for the second one, I think, because you know how it goes. But we had some health scares with our second one. So we were on edge for the whole pregnancy. Terrifying. We were, yeah. So we were, and then she was premature and had to go to the NICU. So the second one was a nerve wracking experience. How as premature? Much as the, uh, like a couple months. So she, we have that in common. My baby was born at 28 weeks. Wow. Oh, that's earlier. That's even earlier. It was yeah. really early. Yeah. But she made it. It's I don't recall any do. type of crying. Wow. She was perfect. Ha ha ha. Yeah. But I think that mothers do that yeah. in their sense memory so that you can possibly tolerate the concept of having another kid. You guys get like amnesia of the hard stuff once you're out of it. That's the women it. forget. For, she never I actually kind of did too, to be honest with you. I kind of forgot. Now that we had a newborn around, I was like, oh yeah, all this again. Oh yeah. Boy, a lot of crying. A lot of crying. She's been a really sweet baby, but early on, very like colicky, didn't want to, couldn't comfort her. Very difficult, but she we're out of that phase now, and she smiles all the time, so it's the best. Well, that that's she's starting. My little gal, Kiara, she's starting to smile. Nothing and, better in the whole no, world. No, that's and I'm going. She likes me. I'm the favorite grandma. Oh, of course. And of course, I'm just making it up. Oh, you definitely are. Look at you. You're definitely yeah. the favorite grandma. Come on. Um, I, I do, don't wear makeup over there. I might not be. <laughs> You're like, Who is that? Okay. Wait, I'm curious because I these my favorite era in show business is like the Carson era. So I am curious, um, the, that experience as a performer at that time, like what, what was it like when you left Memphis and you came to Hollywood to go on? Is that what happened? Well, I came out here to Los Angeles for fame and fortune, mm. like about a zillion other folks mm -hmm. trying to make it. And, uh, I did make several albums on the fantasy label Roadshow and RSO. And that was thrilling. And I've continued to perform through my lifetime. I've, I love to touch people's hearts. Mm -hmm. And entertain is the primary, for me, the primary goal of entertainment is to entertain. Mm. I'm not coming at you with a big social message. Right. But I think it's important to encourage people totally. never to give up on their dreams. I love that. I love that message. Thank you. It's important for all of us as performers. And you said also, you know, given the state of the world, you said your show oh. took on a whole new meaning, it feels like now. Well, it has taken on a meaning it, because my show, early on in the show, I discuss what it was like going to first grade and receiving that Hebrew hillbilly moniker. And then in fourth grade, I thought this boy was real cute and he sat behind me every day. It was a government class, ironically. And I just, I thought he was adorable. And then one day I noticed him saying, move your paper. I can't see it. And I was like, what? Move your paper. I can't see your answers. So I moved my paper all the way to the right side of the desk. And he goes, you dirty Jew. He was sorry. Wow. I went after him. And I wasn't even a tomboy, but he hit me. In my visceral place. Sure. And I ran after this boy and I socked him in the stomach. <laughs> and then he got knocked down. I sat on his neck. 
I did too. Nice. You kind of won there. I mean, did you get in trouble with the school or no? No. The principal came running out, and I told her what happened, and I guess he was a known troublemaker, and she said, fine. And then she said, I'm calling your mama to wow. the boys. So I appreciate that. Wow. And that was a long time ago in Memphis, wow. Tennessee. Yeah, but in some ways, Young. sadly, you know, that this still happens in, in many ways to different different people now. What? Oh, what was the population? Were there not a lot of Jewish people in Memphis back then besides your family? Or was there a couple families? What was it like? There was a few families. It was more than you think because the East Coast was full. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so they sent us down and my mother, she adapted her cuisine. And every Friday evening we would have fried chicken, latkes, and gefilte grits. Pa, you love that. Oh, my gosh. I was just about to guess what the blend of Jewish and Southern is, and you said it. That's wild. Fried chicken, latkes, gefilte grits, and sometimes she'd throw in a little bit of kosher compound. You guys had the best Passover in the country Oh, 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 you can't imagine. The best. And thank you so much. But (laughs) Italians have fantastic food. Are you kidding? Well, we, we're very uh, prideful about that, of course. But, you know, we, we're very similar, too. We got a good blend. You're, I love Sebastian Maniscalco. He's a comedian who does a whole bit about Passover meal and not having enough food like the Italians. Not enough. Oh, please. Well, I know you. I know. It's a great bit, though. But um, I love that blend. That's what it, that's what America's about, too. It's about coming yes, over, bringing your traditions, blending it with what, what, what's there. Yes, you know? it is. I love Southern food. Like, I, I'm from the New Jersey, so like I, it's, like, different for me, you know? I just had grits for the first time, like, a year ago. Like I'm like that northern of a guy. Well, what did you have with the grits? See that the grits is the base. I think lobster or shrimp, maybe. That was good grits. Yeah, it was good. New Orleans, Nolens grits. Nolens. Nolens has. I'm not going to de- denounce my city, but you're talking about one of the most iconic cities on the Gulf Coast mm-hmm. of Mississippi. Just beyond Mississippi into Louisiana is New Orleans, which has a spirit and a flavor. Unlike any place yeah. in the whole entire yeah, world. Yeah, it's a wild place. And their food is phenomenal. Yeah, well, the, the the crawfish and all that's so good there. But I'm sure the same with Memphis. I love, I've love. i been to Nashville tons of times. I'm actually embarrassed to tell you the amount of times I've been to Nashville. Hundreds. And not Memphis. Like, why haven't I just got, how far? It's not that far. 200 miles. All right. Down the road a piece because I've driven it. I bet, yeah. Because I did do some recording in the Nashville area. Cool. And... Uh, Actually, I just went back to Nashville a couple of weeks ago. Oh, nice. To work with Steve Cropper, who was the lead guitarist of Booker T and the MGs. Oh, I love those guys. Just one of the greatest guys on the earth. Green Onions? That's You got it. Yeah. I love it. Want to know something funny about them? I was in college in New Jersey. This is related to your boy, Baby King, so I'll bring it up. And I was up late studying. I, I don't, you know, I did good in college for no reason. I'm in show business. Like I needed a diploma, but I, I, I applied myself and I was studying late at night for some stupid class. It was like 2 a.m. And I, I always listened to a jazz station over there. 88.7 WBGO is out of Newark, New Jersey, the jazz station. And the guy goes, call right now to win tickets to see Booker T and the MGs. Oh, wow. At BB King's in New York City. Jesus, this was a little bit of a go. And it was 2 a.m. And I, I never do this. And I was like, oh, I'm going to call. Nobody's up. I called. I won them. I went and saw Booker T at, at, in New York. Weren't they great? They're amazing. It was so fun. But I love that like that actually ended up being a thing that I did. I ended up working in radio after that. And I was the guy always giving out tickets. But it was a fun experience. And I loved that BB King's Club in New York was incredible. He used to perform there a lot too, BB King. 
It well, was you, in, you'd done a lot of stuff. I performed at the Universal City BB oh. Kings before it closed. And oh, I didn't even know there was one there because I was in Fabulous. New York. Fabulous. Oh, yeah. And I will say they had one of the best sound systems I've had the yeah, they opportunity were great. Yeah. to sing over. Great in New York. I'd love to perform with you one day. I'm actually doing a show. Uh, I don't know if it'll have already come out by the time this is out, but um, it's a New York comedy festival. And we have a big band and a crooner, and we're doing a whole kind of old school comedy variety music night. But if I do it again here, you'd be a great musical guest for that. Because I'm ready. I'm I like the I I like why I bring up Carson all the old school stuff is I like the kind of variety nature of how shows used to be. First of all, you're not on your phone. You're seeing music. You're seeing comedy. You're seeing all types of acts. Our generation is kind of we're kind of losing that we're like one thing and that's it and it's expensive and you know you go to it's 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 like taylor swift and it's hundreds of dollars in an arena I, i'm trying to bring back the kind of old-fashioned you know it's become unaffordable to perform yeah because as you know preparing for the show takes way more time than doing the show yeah so when you're preparing for the show You've got to study, have your voice lessons mm -hmm. if you're a singer. You've got to get try to get some promotion. And so far, the person that uh, does the best promotion for me is myself mm -hmm. and my manager who dropped me off here today, Mr. Mm -hmm. Alec Biggleson. We call him Mr. Big. Mr. Big. He does a good job. And beyond that, uh, you just keep on doing what you like to do. Yeah. That's the challenge in this business, I think, is you got to keep hustling. And But it's inspiring, too, because I've met a lot of people. I've interviewed a lot of people. And I do find the most successful, bright people don't don't really outsource everything. They still do a lot of the stuff. You know what I mean? I know what I think of myself, which is a mixed bag. <laughs> and I do put together most of the promos because, mm -hmm. like I say, my show is relevant and slightly irreverent. Yeah. Because I try not to take it too seriously. I've performed in many, many nightclubs, and I'm actually very proud of it because I'm a rock and roll survivor. Yeah. That's I made awesome. it this far, and I'm here today, folks, with Mr. Let me see if I say this right. Paul Costabile. Close. Yeah, Costabile. You got it. You got it better than most people, especially from the South. Costabile. There you well, go. With a little grits on it, everything sound good. <laughs> yeah, a little sauce on there, a little spice. Gravy. Now, now gravy, is this gravy? gravy? Oh, no, we go sauce where I'm from. That's okay. No, nah, Memphis, we had gravy. Uh, of course. We got white gravy, which is horrible. And uh, we have brown gravy, which is better. Yeah. But they both, they're very heavily laden with flour, mm. which gives them a real taste of paste. Yeah, The yeah. taste of paste. I like that. I like that. Yeah, a little thick. <laughs> Um, it ain't no Italian sauce. No, no, no. Well, people up north argue sauce and gravy. I've talked about it all the time. It's the red sauce that we grew up with. Some people say it's gravy because the Italians, when they came over, wanted to assimilate because we were getting treated bad. And so they started saying gravy to sound American. That's my that's my theory on it. Can I tell you what I said when I met my daughter's father, who is Italian? I said, if you're not anti-Semitic, I'm not anti-pasta. <laughs> <laughs> And the rest is history. Oh, God, yeah. Classic. Thank now, what's you, the deal? What's the story with this show? Is it a residency? Are you doing it monthly? How does it work with how long, how often you're doing it? Well, I do it at this. Thank you. Ask phenomenal questions. Kind of when I get the opportunity for the best gig. And sometimes I just do it because I have to perform. Mm -hmm. And I perform a lot here locally at the Santa Monica Playhouse. And now we're 
trying to put something together for January. Awesome. Because I do find that it's difficult to pull people away from their Christmas activities. Right. Yeah. That time of year. Not, it's just never been good for me for a live performance. Sure. I could see you doing like a, a run too, like at a theater or something where you do it regularly I for did. a few months. I'm sure. Yeah, I can see that. I've been doing this show here for 10 years. Well, then there you go. So I've done some uh, runs in uh, the Miami area in Fort Lauderdale oh, cool. at the Empire Stage. I've done uh, several different runs here at Santa Monica Playhouse. I have performed coast to coast. Sure. And that's I've done a lot of shows. Where would you say, this is a hard thing to answer because a good crowd is all over the country, but is there somewhere you've felt the best performing your show? Would it be Memphis? Great question, but no, I have to tell you, Santa Monica has really been a good venue for me. Cool. It feels so familiar. I guess the people who come to the show are relaxed. Some people have come to see my show for 10, ten times and actually mm. paid money each time, which is the telltale sign. True fans. And uh, obviously, everybody loves to perform in New York because it's got a New York energy. But you got to really learn those people because they don't get all excited like other people do mm -hmm. until the show is well underway. So they don't like me. They're the first people to jump up and give you a standing O. Mm -hmm. But they are analyzing your show, whereas West Coast audience, hey, we're here to have a good time. Yeah. New York, no, they analyze. What is she trying to say? I ain't trying to say nothing. Just enjoy yourself. Have fun, yeah. They think, well, she may, no, I don't, maybe I don't. Maybe I do. But the New Yorkers take it very seriously. That's interesting because in a way for comedy, it's a little similar. Um, I started in New York, but you're giving me good advice for next week for my show because sometimes crowds don't get hot for a little bit, even here. No, no. But it's good for me to remember because I'm opening my own show next week. So I can't get too in my head if I'm not if I'm not killing in the beginning. Because I, I know, stuff all night. No, you can't. You can't yeah. do that anytime because what I do is if I feel there's a lull in the crowd, I just go, look. You're doing this for yourself. First of all, you are doing whatever you do for yourself. Right. If yourself likes it, usually others will. Yeah. If you're worried about will they like me, they won't. Right. Because you stiffed out. Yep. You can't. As a performer, and I'm getting to that place as a performer of really playing up there, like being playful. And you're far I think along. Key. What's that? That's far along because that. It's hard to it's do. It's hard to no. It's hard. It's honestly sociopathic in a way because you have to not care about what others think, and you got to just play and have fun. You got to care, but like you don't give it as much value. You go, I'm going to play and have fun no. regardless. And I've even had comedy shows where I've asked the audience, like if they're if they're really cold, I'll actually turn it on them, and I'd be like, what's your, not what's your problem? But I'll play with it and I'll make it fun, and then I'll get them back. So it's kind of, it's a challenge sometimes. You've been doing this, how long have you been doing stand-up? Just a couple of years, two years in New York, and then no, none in the pandemic, and then two years after. Well, so. then you're a fast starter. I'm trying, I'm trying. But you're inspiring me with all your years of performing. With Thank you. With you're saying, you're reminding me to how I should be approaching it and how well, we I learn from each other yeah. because everybody's got a talent which is completely unique to you, and when we share it, I think that's the best thing. Yeah. But nobody better steal my act. No. <laughs> I think you're the only one in the country with the title and the act. Well, I I, I has, have an alternative name at this time. You do? And it is based upon my closing song. And it is called, I'm Still Hot. It comes in flashes now. <laughs> and that's it.
I love that. I love. I like the Hebrew hillbilly too, though. You got two good titles. Thank you. Thank you very much. You know? We'll see what's going to happen. It's nice to divide it up sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I used to call this show Rockin' in Memphis, and it's an ex eps ex, what's the word? Experience? Excer- excerpted. Excerpted Excerpt? version of oh, okay. the Hebrew hillbilly. Got it. And uh, interestingly enough, the Hebrew hillbilly always gets the biggest audience. I get a different demographic with other names, mm. but the biggest audience has been consistently the Hebrew hillbilly. Well, I think it's a testament to you being uniquely you and it's standing out. I think that's the key. I don't know. I hope so. And I I hope that we can continue a mellow tonality to the interaction here worldwide. I know, right? And in the United States. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a weird time, but I think people like you, I think you're providing a light and a service to people to appreciate that music and just your your aura too. You you're you're a ball of, of good energy. I think that Thank you. Thank you. I try. I think that's important though right now. It's a tough time in general. It's it's beyond I don't think that it's something that I even care to talk about on camera. Yeah. Although I would, but it has reached the point of this is personal. Yeah, yeah. So that is why I cannot speak about it in a third person yeah. uh reality because this is personal well you're smart you're smart too i mean it's it's we also are in this time in social media where everybody thinks that uh you know we have to speak on things and we have to we have to like hat like show our peers that we're talking about things like you said it best we don't have to you know we don't have to fully touch it we'll hope for, I, I hope everyone stops dying that's my whole oh. i hope for peace that's what you know, peace and and uh and no more deaths. But that's, I think, everybody wants that out of war. So it's like. Well, sure. Yeah. It's crazy. And I'm sure you know from your many years in business in America, you know, things, crazy things happen. You know, that's oh. why doing what we do, it, it, it gives me a new purpose in a way, being uh, someone who I hope will show humanity of others, show show good things in others. That's what I think is part of my duty as a performer. It's a great and goal. And I think yours is similar with your show. Well, sure. I, I love people. If you can't make a positive difference, you're wasting time. And I think that you do a great job. I watch you. I'm your fan. What? I watch you on California Live. Oh, what? I didn't know that. I just love it. Oh, my God. I got to get you on there next. We're going to get you on NBC next, hopefully. I'm ready. I'm always ready. Oh, I didn't know. That's so sweet. Thanks for saying that. Thank you. No, I, I, I love Paul. Now I can't even say it. <laughs> He costs a lot. That's it. Yeah, I cost a lot. That's true. Now you sound like uh, my wife. You cost Paul costs a lot. Um, I appreciate it. I think it's it's fun for me being out here and meeting you too because I think there's so many one note. I don't want to insult people, but there's so many people doing the same things around here. You're doing something different. I really I'm Thank attracted you. to that. I like when people are doing fun, unique things. What would you say to people uh, who just who are just meeting you now? Like, what do you usually tell people? Like, you've said a lot already this episode, but what what's your if you just meet somebody? I say HebrewHillbilly.com. Buy a ticket to my next show. We'll get better acquainted. I like that. That's I like right. That. That's good. What am I gonna say? I don't know. That's smart. You see this card? Come on over. By the way, I want you guys to see. This is the first guest. I'm grateful for all the people who have come on this show, but you're all cheapos because that's it. Shelly came over with the biggest box of chocolates I've ever seen Thank and her you. card. This is classy. You're classy. Well, I, like I appreciate this. that. Paul, my mama was classy 
And I am from Memphis, Tennessee. And my mother told me, she says, just never go anywhere empty-handed. She said, people appreciate so much any little offering. Totally. It just, that's what we do, she said. So I always do that to be nice I, people. I was raised the same way. It's kind of an old school Italian thing as well. As much it as is. Well, we are a lot in common. We are. Oh, boy. I'm breaking the box. Though, that's a, that's and, it's your box. I'm going to try and eat a piece <laughs> on camera before we go. Because it's really not? good candy. It has multiple varieties of options of any kind of chocolate you like. Now, which kind of chocolate do you like? I like. I saw hazelnut. I like hazelnut. There you go. I like so, dark chocolate, and I like pie. Do you like pie? Well, where I come from, pies are pizza. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not in not in Memphis. We had our barbecue with pie. What kind of pie are we talking? We talking. What kind of pie you want? We got cherry pie. <laughs> We got Cairo pecan pie. We got chocolate icebox pie. We got every kind of pie you want. <laughs> I mean it. Wow, what was this like? Does this have to get through security? This box. This thing is a. This thing is a. This thing is airtight. This thing must have been shipped over. I'm sorry, I ruined the box, but I'm so. Look at this. Never given it. Whenever you get given Italian, you don't Italian, have to give the box back. Whenever you give an Italian food, we'll it find your a, box. We'll, we'll find a way to open it. Look at this. This looks like cigars. All right. Well, I actually gave out candy cigars. In honor of my darling baby do granddaughter. Oh, congrats. It, and they put pink stip stickers. It, it, that does look like it's, it's It's a girl. You got oh. to. They're gorgeous. Were you ever mm. disappointed you didn't get a boy? No, I'm so happy to be a girl, Dad. It's my favorite thing in the world. I also had a bunch of sisters growing up. Would you like a piece of chocolate, by the way? No, thank you. I'll, <laughs> I'll wait till later because it's messy on my mouth. I'm honestly so unprofessional. I'm just eating on my microphone. That's okay. It's good candy. It's so good. I am so happy to be a girl, Dad. I actually can't imagine it any other way. I would love a boy, a healthy boy, but I'm the perfect guy to have girls. Like, I love it. I embrace them. We do dress up. I paint my nails. It's like... I love this. It's the best. And I had sisters growing up, and I'm a... I don't know if my wife would agree, but I'm an emotionally intelligent, in touch with my feelings man. So it, I just feel ready for a, being a father to them. Like, it's just like... So fun. It makes me a better guy, honestly. It sure does. And you're sweet. I mean, in a nice way. My son-in-law, Jordan, reminds me of you. He's tall and good looking and <laughs> such a girl dad. It's the best. He's so committed to that baby. And he bounces her up and down on a stability yeah. ball. He, He's really hands-on. He's even learning to cook, which is getting... My daughter loves it, but mm -hmm. he's getting really burned out. That's too many jobs. Yeah. You know, looking after a baby 24-7 is until it's a lot of work. Well, they don't sleep through the night. No, we're, we're in that phase still. It's a different generation, though, too, like gender-wise, which I have a love-hate with, if I'm being honest. You know, my grandfather did not not do a single thing I'm doing as a father now. Of course not. You know? So, but it was different times. It's great in the marriage if you guys can – feel equal about the partnership it's not always equal but it's good when you kind of can share stuff you must have a cool wife yeah i mean she she wa always wants me to do more but i think that she also appreciates that i do what i do I, I say hats off to you because hey being a girl grammy i can see the kind of work that this takes how much your life changes in a nanosecond when that little kid Hey, here, I'm here. Yeah. And I, I didn't realize the first time because I was so engaged in caring for Missy, that's her name, mm -hmm. that I do realize now 24-7. Yeah. You oh, are it. And that they are so 
199% dependent upon you. Totally. And the love that you feed them is the way they project the rest of their life. So I say... Bravo. We're trying, Shelly. Thank you. And the other good daddies. We're trying out there. Um, I appreciate that. And that's the best job in the world, I'm sure you know, as a parent. And I love all these things I'm doing in my career. But I said this the other day because, like, we get in our heads, like we are saying earlier. I was in my head one day. I felt insecure. I lost a job is what happened. I lost a job I was about to get. A lot of money, a lot of notoriety. And I went, oh, who am I? And and this is going to – it kind of defined me for that day, right? I got home. My five-year-old ran to the door, gave me the biggest hug in the world. That's it. And I was like, what else really? You know, That's it's it. It's such a good perspective shift. It's like- When you live every day, it's a blessing. Yeah. It's a blessing. You, you see the- It's a gratitude you can find each day. And of course, we want You're goals right. and dreams, and I want those things. But if you zoom out and see the gratitude of the kids, it's, it's really beautiful. They're the best. The best. And I see that in my son-in-law- and I'm thrilled. I love it. Before I let you go, what's this guy cooking over there? Because I cook a lot too. Now I want to know what your son-in-law cooks. Well, he's <laughs> he's heavy into sweet potatoes, and uh, that's a that's a weird that's a weird specific uh, sweet potato diet. Well, it's pretty darn easy. He throws it in the oven, <laughs> and uh, it's good. And then he mashes it up a little bit, and he likes. They, they cook themselves some steak. Okay. And He's they a buy potatoes type of guy. So. Farmer's market farmers. seasoning. All right. All right. And uh, so far, she says it's, she says good. Good. She did not say great. I, now He's they learning. watch this. You know, it's funny. I never cooked till I was a dad. So it's like you got, you kind of acquire the skill and then you get more domesticated. He's maybe. a jewel. A jewel? My son-in-law is a jewel. Oh, His name awesome. is Jordan. He Beautiful. is a spectacular like I'm learning about you, you seem so multidimensional and focused. Number one, that's it. Your family; those are your kids. That's your seed. How they turn out is how you're gonna put, how you yeah. treat them. Yeah. largely. Yeah, and I want my kids to grow up kind of like how he's doing. I want them to have home cooked meals, sitting around the table, how we grew up back in the day. And that is a fear of mine in this generation. Is kind of families just like too busy. Too distracted to have t- that sacred time together, you know? Well, there's a lot of good places you can Google recipes and delivery. <laughs> uh, I'm very good at that delivery. I, I love it. My favorite thing that I make for dinner is reservations. <laughs> well, you inspired me. I'm about to make uh, gefilte fish uh, grits and gefilte, try out the new. That's it. Gefilte, gefilte grits. grits. I'm going to try the new Jewish. Southern hybrid I never even knew existed before I met you. So now you're going to go back to Italian because I'm sorry to say, and I don't want to put down my people. You can't beat it because in Memphis, fried chicken, barbecue, pie. The best. Now that's it. We are really high level in that area. After that, they trying to, well, then. Think about it. Like somebody calls it, well, we serve gourmet food. What they're going to serve you. Mm-hmm. They don't really do gourmet food in Memphis, but right. they try. For some reason, they always start off with couscous. And I'm mean, like, what are you putting couscous in a southern recipe for? <laughs> and then they try to snazz it up with the only type of food they need to make down there is barbecue, fried chicken. Leave it alone. <laughs> they got some good collard greens. They got some black-eyed peas. And if I get to know you and see you again on New Year's, 
That is something you have to have. I'm in. I would Black love that. Black-eyed peas and collard greens. You cannot have New Year's Day without it. And I, I mean, would love that. It sounds great. Well, I hope you cook for me one day. I also think you may be onto a new song. I want to maybe co-write with you, which was like barbecue. What would you say? Barbecue, fried chicken, and and don't do anything else. And, and gefilte grits. And I do have a song called Finger Licking Good, I oh. will say, which does encapsulate some of that. And my signature song of the Hebrew hillbilly contains some of these terms. I love it. Which I was looking for the fancy word to describe terms, but I lost it. But phrases. I got a lot of phrases, affirmations, anagrams, whatever you got. Uh, I got. I have ten words in my vocabulary, and I can really use them so well. Okay. <laughs> Listen, I love. I love chatting with you. Before you go, I want everyone to make sure they follow you. I want to make sure I follow you. But where can everyone find you? You said your website is there. Social media as well. HebrewHillbilly.com Facebook at HebrewHillbilly Instagram, and I'm on the other stuff, but I don't personally go on it too much. Yeah. So those are the main ones. HebrewHillbilly.com and at Hebrew Hillbilly. Awesome. Y'all can find me. I promise. I love it. Guys, make sure if you're in the area of California or check out her site, go see her live. You can tell from just this conversation how fun she is and how great her show is. So go see her. I'm going to come see you in January. You better. And we're also putting together a show for Nashville. Great. And New York right now. Amazing. Well, why not? I love it. You should. I love it too. I totally get it. And I'm going to crash. I'm going to crash a show with you sometime and, and, Hope that I could do something fun with you. I would love to It'd perform with you. You're fun. You're fun. You're, you're smart and you're fun. Oh. And you're my favorite age, younger. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Can you take us out with a song? What? Can you, I don't know. Can you can you close us out with a little another jingle? I don't know if I can do that right now. What could I do? I need a suggestion. One of your songs. I'm still hot. It comes in flashes. Now use what I got before I take that final bow. I said I've been knocked down, but I ain't out. Look at me and hear me shout. I'm still here, Paul, and I'm still hot. Yes, she is. The Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank y'all. 